Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is Chuck.Charles slash Lawrence Thompson. I don't know all the different ways I can say your name, but (laughs) holy crap, this election is still going. Um, It's still happening, and it's looking way different now than it was on election night, for sure. I don't know if you saw that. I don't want to be the one to say i told you so but um we kind of said this was was, this was going to happen so if you're not listening to the show every single day then there's a problem with you so hit that subscribe button you should smash it if you want to without breaking your phone i mean come on just excitedly touch the button that's what we're all about here where you know if you're especially if you're liberty curious then you want to be a part of this show we do it five days a week when we want to uh, which is pretty much every day of the week and um and it's you know it's a good time so there's no reason not to would you subscribe to this podcast if it were you i would i don't think i've done it yet but i feel like i would philosophically you know yeah i wouldn't i don't think you're allowed to subscribe to your own podcast i subscribed so if you're all about making predictions and then playing out then you should hit subscribe as well. <laughs> well, the the only thing you do get, have wrong here, Charlie, is uh, you said that Trump was going to win and you stuck with it the other day. You doubled down. I'm still sticking with it, though. You're still sticking with Trump winning? I mean, I, I don't think he's going to, but I'm just going to oh. hold my I'm, I'm going to hold my bet. I'm not going to withdraw. I'm not taking oh, a gosh. loss right now. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lo- I'm a real lose. You're going to lose for real, huh? Yeah, like if I sold if I sold my bet right now, I would be down, you know, like maybe 50 percent or something like that. Yeah. I want to be, I want to either win. It's go big or go home. Man. Yeah. That's what I say. So you'd so rather lose a hundred percent instead of losing 50%. In this. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't put any money on it. Yeah. I guess <laughs> so, that's a good idea. But I do think Biden's probably going to win. Um, and, but, but what we did predict was that this was going to be a long drawn out process. There was going to be a lot of recounting that has going to have to be done. There's going to be challenges and lawsuits and all of that stuff. So um, you know, one thing that bugs me about this is they act like um, either side always acts like the other one um, is no good. Mm-hmm. And and as if as if they don't they forget in 2000, we did a recount in Florida. Uh, now, I can't remember, did the Bush campaign call for that and ended up swinging to his way? Um, but if if the shoe was on the other hand, so to speak. <laughs> Um, then Biden would be the one filing lawsuits for recounts and things like that as well. It's not like this is, it's not like this is the first time in history that uh, people running for president haven't fought as much as they possibly could to make sure the votes were correct. Well, um, especially when you have things like, uh, I mean, in Georgia, Biden is now winning by fifteen hundred votes. There's going to be a recount. Yeah, Georgia is going to call for it. I don't even think either one of the candidates have to call for a recount. I think that's automatic recount territory. Like you, you, just, in, you just in 2000, Gore called for it. Yeah, Gore called. So so the Democrats did this 20 years ago. Yeah, it's, it, it, and I just I don't understand why there's this partisan. Well, I do understand. It's just it's partisan hackery. And of course, I mean the Democrats want Biden to win, so of course they want Trump to concede and say, okay, it's over. And I get that. I understand that. But this is typical politic and behavior man it is and one thing we also have to remember is that we just spent four years listening to the democrats say that trump stole the election or that russia stole the election for trump yeah like we just went through all this time of that happening they impeached him they impeached him over it <laughs> yeah and i don't even know what they i mean they impeached him over the over the thing with uh ukraine i guess and and whatever the quid pro quo was. But as far as the whole Russia hacking, all that stuff in the Trump campaign, colluding with them and all that, we had to listen to this since Trump got elected. Since before Trump got elected, the Democrats have been saying that Trump stole the election. And they never really presented any evidence of it actually. uh, They presented evidence of Russia, yes, doing things but not really evidence of the fact that the Trump campaign went out and was directing Russia to do these things or asking them to do that. It was a, it was a bona fide conspiracy theory for, for a few years there. I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't seen enough evidence to tell me that it is true. 
but that's all we listened to was a conspiracy theory for a while. So liberals are going to have to listen to conservatives uh, throw out theories about voter fraud for the next four years. And that is <laughs> that's what's just going to have to happen. And that's what we set ourselves up for. Yeah. Um, I was going to run through the things real yeah, quick. Give, or, us a, or, give us that rundown, man, because we got dumb bleep of the week. We got uh, three to choose from today and we got some other news we got to go over. But give it, give, you know, give the fine folks a rundown as of this time uh, that we're recording. I have no idea when you're going to be listening to this, but as of this time. Yeah, these are the numbers. Arizona, Biden is up by 40,000 votes with 90 percent of the vote in. So the Trump Trump campaign has been saying they could take that over. They have been gaining a lot of ground on it. So that's going to be interesting. But now yeah, it was yesterday, like 80,000 votes, wasn't it? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, so. Georgia, Biden is now up by 1500 votes. That is just insane. Uh, North Carolina, Trump is up by 80,000 votes with 94% of the vote. And in Georgia, by the way, that's 99% of the vote in now. And Biden is up by 1,500 votes. And Nevada, Biden is now up by 20,000 votes with 87% of the vote in. And in Pennsylvania, Biden is now up by 13,000 votes with 98% of the vote in. So Pennsylvania and Georgia in the last day have switched from Trump to Biden. Pretty nuts. Yeah. And listen, doesn't matter when they say 100% in, this thing's not going to be decided for a while. There are mm -hmm. going to be recounts in every one of those states. There's going to be numerous lawsuits in every single one of those states. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a bit for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's going to take a long, real while for for us to understand or even know who the president's going to be. Well, let's let's run through this sponsor for you all today. We, we've been talking about this for a while and. You should heed our advice because this app and this, um, you know, online version of counseling is absolutely incredible. I can't say enough good things about betterhelp.com slash GML, betterhelp.com slash GML. This is the place to go to if you want to discuss your mental health or have someone to talk to, someone to lean on, someone to help navigate the, uh, you know, all the things that happen in life. There's a lot of things that go on up in the, in the brain. And you need to be able to talk to someone and there's never been a better way to do it. And BetterHelp can get you there. I use this myself uh, and I absolutely love it. So uh, it's way better than having to go into the office. Uh, you can do a chat. You can, I can message my therapist. If I've had a really bad day, I can send her a message and then she'll typically respond uh, within a few hours. And it's absolutely amazing. The, you can journal in there and share your journal entries. Can, um, can you just send her a message anytime, Charlie? Anytime. You should send her a message right now. Just I could see what's going on. I like, could hey, if I if I wanted to. Hey, I need you. And but right now I'm talking about her her company. So, <laughs> but you guys should you guys should seriously uh, sign up for this. Uh, even if you don't think you need someone to talk to you, you do. And so BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash GML. Like I said, there's you can have a phone call, you can do a video chat, you can even message on the app all securely to your a therapist and is it's it's incredible i love i love despite everything that's going on there's never been a better time to be alive i mean the technology and the things that we were able to do is just absolutely incredible so better help help with a p h e l p betterhelp.com slash g m l and that gets you that tens of percent discount man yeah guys go do it we want you guys to start living a happier life so you got to get that 10% off, betterhelp.com slash GML. By the way, uh, this is not a crisis line, okay? You can call it talk to a crisis line if you don't want to do that. And anything you share is, in fact, confidential, just like the any other time that you talk to a therapist it is. So amazing, amazing place. Very, very cool, all right? So I wonder if this thing from The Atlantic makes it in the dumb bleep. The first paragraph definitely definitely can make it in the dumb bleep. The rest of it, I just thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, it says why the election wasn't a Biden landslide. Like it was supposed to be. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be like the default position was a Biden landslide, right? That That's what it was going to be. And so now they're making up the excuses for why it wasn't in fact a Biden landslide. So it says, why didn't the pandemic recession precipitate a landslide for Joe Biden? So it says, that is the central mystery stemming from what at the moment looks like a narrow, if decisive, loss for President Donald Trump. 
even though the unemployment rate is more than double what it was a year ago. Even though 1 million Americans are a week, uh, a week are applying for jobless aid. And even though Congress has failed for six months to pass a desperately needed additional stimulus, and even though Trump has the worst job creation record of any president going back to World War II, voters gave the incumbent decent marks on the economy up to Election Day and expanded his 2016 vote count by at least 5.7 million votes. Now, there's a lot of mother effing dumb bleep inside of that first paragraph. So much. And I'm, by the way, if you're going to look forward to anything, Charlie, we can look forward to a time where we don't have to talk about Trump anymore. And we don't have oh, yeah. to uh, sound like we're just defending Trump all the time. Um, I don't really want to defend Trump, but I have to defend against really stupid, untruthful stuff. We'll start defending Biden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? If he needs to be defended on something, then we have to we have to do that. We, we have to get to defend the truth. We can right? interpret some of his messages. Can you just imagine the state of the union? <laughs> you know, when he gets up there. You, you know, just imagine our state, state of, the of the union is we're adding more jobless claims, claims than, than, uh, than yesterday. And look, that's progress. And, um, and then everybody's going to cheer. And so, I can just imagine all the flubs that he's gonna that yeah. he's gonna talk about. We got the best jobless numbers ever since World War II. We're finally getting the blacks out of the workplace, and we're getting the like. I can just imagine they're like, Joe, Joe, stop, stop! You're talking out loud. Read the teleprompter, Joe. <laughs> Please read. Please. He's like, I can't see it. Okay. Uh, so the, some of the dumb beliefs through here, even though the unemployment rate is more than double what it was a year ago. Now, that's obviously something people should hold on Trump, right? It's Trump's fault. Yeah. That the unemployment rate is double what it was a year ago. Uh, even Despite though it was at record lows before the yeah. pandemic. Yeah, that had and nothing. It, and, to do. and of course, the caveat is it's not the real unemployment rate. We understand that. Okay. But they're using the unemployment but, rate. So we're going to use that same rate yeah. that they were using. And technically speaking, that specific measurement was at record lows before March. So it, it's, it's just quite hysterical to me that they don't say because of the pandemic in there, it's, it, which is just, which is just bad journalism. It's just absolutely awful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, adding into that 1 million Americans a week are applying for job will say, and then Trump has isn't true by the way, because the last month uh, they had the fewest amount of people apply. I would think it was 700 something thousand. Um, uh, so less than a million. Even then, and then they say Trump has the worst. It's probably an average of all of the weeks since the pandemic hit more than likely yeah. is what they're talking about. Um, even though Trump has the worst job creation record of any president. So they're, they're, they're taking the total amount of jobs from when he got in office and what there are right now after yeah. we've had all these places shut down their economies and shut down all their businesses. Half the businesses on Yelp are, are basically closed down now. This is the kind of stuff that made me consider voting for Trump the entire time. Like, yeah. this is the kind of this insane, insane, like psychopathy, just crazy stuff happening inside of people's brains to make them uh, read this and be like, yeah, yeah. you know, the, while they're, I don't get it, man. It's it just, crazy. It really butters your gears, man. It really does get to me. And the reason is I, I put on Twitter, like, They'll do the same stuff to any kind of libertarian president or liberty-minded pr president. So I get it, libertarians. We hate Trump. Got it. Uh, these same people in the media are going to paint Dr. Jorgensen or Spike Cohen as a vicious racist who destroyed all this stuff and did all that. And guess what? You were totally fine with it when it wasn't your guy in there. And you're going to have to be just fine with it then, too. You just got to fight against all the lies, even if you don't like the person that they're lying about. Mm -hmm. um, I could agree more. <laughs> some of the stats in here I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, they were trying to figure out the reasons why this wasn't the landslide. The first is that the general election occurred when the economy was bouncing back, not when it was falling apart. So <laughs> voters at a, so basically what they say is that voters are idiots. And if it is currently uh, trending up, even though it is trending up from a really low level, then people will not hold that against the current president. Um, the second factor is that household... Now, why wouldn't... Do you think this paragraph ever existed before Tuesday? 
The second factor is that household finances have held up better than economic headlines would suggest. <laughs> yeah. Because of the trillions of dollars in stimulus passed by Congress back in the spring. The one-off $1,200 checks that Uncle Sam sent to, the, to most Americans a few months ago, combined with the massive $600 a week temporary boost to unemployment insurance benefits, meant that the catastrophic job losses of the spring and summer did not translate into income losses on net for American families. Because Some of them on net were income increases. <laughs> yeah, because many households cut back spending on things such as travel, doctor's visits, entertainment, and restaurant meals. They ended up with more cash on hand and higher savings. Also because they had to cut back on things because there was a travel ban, entertainment was shut down, and so were restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they couldn't spend the money there if they wanted to. Yeah. I just think it's interesting, like, oh, you know, second factor is that actually people's finances are not as bad as what we have been suggesting for the last few months. <laughs> that right there is a dumb yeah, bleep. It's crazy. Um, as of September, half of Americans said they saw Trump as an effective leader on the economy versus 43% for Joe Biden. Surveys conducted in October show voters approving of Trump's handling of the economy by a significant margin. Hmm. <laughs> This is a, a post-election article coming out right here. A third factor is that people most hurt by Trump's horrific mismanagement of the federal public health response and the ensuing economic fallout were more likely to be Democrats who were not voting for Trump in the first place. In geographic terms, coastal states have suffered worse job losses and sharper contractions than many of the square states of the interior. Hawaii's jobless rate is more than 15% and California's is more than 10% versus 5% or less in Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa, and Utah. Now, what they're talking about here are the coastal states in the interior. What they should be saying is uh, Democrat-ran states have much higher jobless rates. Yeah. And more so Republican-ran states have much lower job jobless rates. Yes. That, that would be the way of saying that. And so, yeah, the economic fallout was more likely to hit Democrats statistically since those states are made up of people who have chosen by and large, Democrats to run their states, meaning there's more Democrats in those states. And uh, and so, yeah. And they also say it's hurt young, black, and low-wage workers who tend to vote Democratic. So um, it was already people who weren't going to vote for Trump anyway, is what they're trying to say, have yeah. been hit hardest by it. Uh, because Republicans are all rich white people. And so they're doing fine. You know? Right. <laughs> Even though if you look at the counties, they're all rural America. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. more, uh, fourth factor here, Americans seem not to blame Trump for the wreckage caused by the coronavirus or the ensuing recession. Treating wreckage <laughs> caused by the coronavirus. Well, maybe you wouldn't blame Trump if there was a wreckage caused by something else. That's, <laughs> I didn't catch that. That was right there. Yeah, it, it says, says it, it right here. Uh, we're not, we don't blame Trump for the wreckage caused. I'm going to tell you what the wreckage was caused by, by the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, I wonder what's how it's going to play, because if Biden, you know, Biden wins this, we're obviously we're I mean, we're seeing a resurgence. We we just got through uh, talking to someone. I haven't looked this up yet, but I, I believe it to be true. Um, but, you know, Italy shut down again, basically. Uh, the cases and infections are on the rise. So I wonder as the you know, if if covid ramps back up as it starts to get colder or the virus can live longer and we don't have a vaccine yet. And then if Trump, be, or I'm sorry, if Biden becomes president, and then we see another you know, 200 or 300 or 400,000 deaths. Um, who's going to blame? Who's they going to blame for that? Oh, they'll still be Trump's fault for letting the virus get <clears throat> so rampant. And that's oh, okay. what led to the deaths. Yeah. Yeah. That, don't worry. I've, I've been taught. So my, my wife has been saying like, you know what? Maybe this is good. We can finally say I told you so on a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, no, no, they're not going to take the blame for anything. There will be someone else to blame at all times. Economy falls apart. It's going to be the rich people's fault. Uh, business people Trump lose, left it in shambles. Yeah, Trump left it in shambles. Uh, people lose their jobs. It's greedy business people's fault. Um, if people keep dying from the coronavirus, it's because Trump let the virus get too much. There is going to be no responsibility taken for this whatsoever. That that mm -hmm. is not just look throughout history. Did people ever actually take responsibility for their ideas destroying their entire societies? No, they didn't. They never did. It was always the rich people's fault. It was someone else's fault. Obamacare, that was the greedy insurance company's fault. That's why Obamacare looked terrible. Yeah. Because the greedy insurance companies. 
So it wasn't it wasn't the eight thousand page law they passed? No, 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 no. Uh, so it says uh, <clears throat> they did not blame Trump for the wreckage caused by the coronavirus, or the or the ensuing recession, treating them more like an act of God than a product of policy choices. In an October poll, just over half of Americans said that Trump administration had a great deal of responsibility for the situation, whereas three in four Americans blamed George W. Bush for the Great Recession a year into Obama's first term. That makes complete sense. The recession, while Bush was president, had way more to do with government policy than a virus going around killing people. That, I mean, that makes complete sense. So mm -hmm. anyway, Trump's endless blame shifting might have worked. He never took responsibility for the 230,000 deaths or the millions of job losses. Instead, blaming China and Democrats for shutting down the economy. And voters seem to have listened. See, I take this actually as I mean, a positive thing because it means people aren't quite as stupid as the media thinks they are. Yeah, but then also the article is insinuating that those people are, are stupid. Yeah. That's what it's doing. It's saying, oh, well, you know, the reason why there wasn't this giant Biden wave as we thought it was going to be is because, you know, all these stupid Americans still voted for somebody who they didn't blame when they should have. Yeah. That's essentially what they're insinuating with with colorful writing. Not even that great writing. No. Uh, Charlie, take me into the first dumb tweet. Now, I guess we can make dumb bleep number one, this article from The Atlantic, right? Yeah. Why Biden didn't la didn't win in a landslide. I okay. say that's that's okay. pretty good. That's that's number one. The Atlantic number yeah. one. All right. This uh, number two then. This is from Jimmy Dore. He says a politician offering Medicare for all and a UBI during COVID would win in a landslide, and we could go back to being a first world nation again. The people are together on demands. Medicare for all, UBI, fifteen dollar minimum, end wars. It's our own government that is the enemy, no matter which part is in power. <laughs> first of all, I didn't know that we weren't a, a first world nation. I, I didn't realize we had. What are we like a second rate now? Are we? Are we in number? Are we number two? I I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure out if this is like a, uh, you know, just a, a an account. What do you call that when they're you know, not, not really saying that. No, like when they're just joking all the time. Oh, I can't remember satire. what that's called. Yeah. I'm trying to and see. Then, you know, obviously the second part of this tweet, uh, Medicare for all, UBI, $15 minimum wage, end wars. I'm, I'm, I'm with the end wars. But uh, what, like, what else can everyone else do for everyone? I mean, what, what else would you need if you wouldn't have to do anything? You had healthcare, you got a steady income coming in. And then if you want to work, well, you're going to get at least 15 million or 15 million, 15 uh, minimum wage. And so, you know, the combination of all that, what, what else is there to do? Yeah. Play golf. I don't have to argue about lowering the golf prices because they're too expensive. Assuming that this guy is, uh, is serious. Um, it's Todd just says he's a comedian, but progressive talk show host. Okay. It's just interesting. Um, Medicare for all, UBI, $15 minimum wage. And then at the last sentence is, it's our own government that is the enemy, no matter which part is in power. Um, but make sure the government is in control of every single part of your life. <laughs> your income, your health care, everything. But you spelled out the actual problem. The government is the enemy. But <laughs> they should do everything. But they're the main enemy. I mean, come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Ugh. That's pretty good. So um, the. Uh, Thanks for was, your enlightenment, Jimmy. <laughs> this was a basic uh, response, by the way, to a video of it was a video of two. Uh, one guy was a they were both Bernie supporters. And one of them had gone and decided that they were going to vote for Trump. And one had decided that they were going to vote for Biden. And they were arguing basically in Philadelphia. And pretty much what he was saying is these things would just bring everyone together if we just went for all this stuff right here, you know? And uh, it's just insane. I don't know, man. Um, that was dumb bleat number two. Jimmy Dore? Dore? I don't know. Dore? Maybe it's French. Who knows? Maybe it's Italian. There's just no way Jimmy of knowing. Dore? 
Okay, this is from Passive Aggressive Hippie Chick. <laughs> First, Congress should make the practice of winner-take-all and electoral votes illegal. We should stop allowing the Electoral College to literally change the votes of citizens. Make EC proportional. And that doesn't need a constitutional change. And this was in response to someone who said that the Electoral College was obviously just so whites uh, could keep their power. And this was a, a response into that. So that really kind of goes around the entire reason that we have the Electoral College in the first yeah. place. Like, It actually is already doing that. Yeah. It, it's but just people think the, on this the Electoral national College scale. is proportional. That's, that's what it is. Basically. Yeah, I think what they're saying is, though, you know, if you get 51% in your state, then you get 51% of its electoral college votes, which really would nullify the idea of having the electoral college. You know, that that wouldn't be, which a couple places actually do it that way. They do it by Alaska and Maine. Yeah, they have districts, right? They have different districts Mm -hmm. that you win. So there's a Maine popular vote and then there's the different districts. Um, I don't, I think that that just kind of nullifies the idea of the whole electoral college itself. I think it takes away the entire idea that the state is picking who they want to be the president. It's the state saying, okay, this is who we voted for. That's going to be our president. And we're going to throw our weight behind it as our state. This is who we have agreed. We are okay with being the president. And you can't think about this on the national level. We don't have national votes. We don't have any national votes. Yeah. We just don't. We got a bunch of states that got together and have a vote on the same day. This is not one giant national vote. And people keep thinking about it that way. And as long as they think about it that way, they're going to come up with crazy ideas like changing the Electoral College all around because they don't understand what America is or is supposed to be at all. Yeah, And, you know, it, it works that way among the states. So, like, if you get... I mean, if you get 51% of the vote or 50.01% of the vote in the state, I mean, I mean, look at Georgia, it's 1500 votes. Let's say it stays that way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're statistically tied for how many votes are count for how many votes are counted, um, depending on how many, uh, how, how much you round up. But anyway, um, if Biden wins that, well, then he gets all of the electoral votes for that state. He doesn't get all the electoral votes for the nation. Mm-hmm. it's it for that one state and then the states decide and you can lose like there's also some states where you don't have to vote for where the electoral college votes went so for instance in 2016 i know that trump um two of his electoral college votes that he was supposed to get didn't go towards him um they they didn't vote for him the people who mm-hmm. actually vote um in the in the electoral college election and then four that were for Hillary Clinton, they didn't cast their vote for her. So just because you actually win, you know, if this thing ends up being 270 to 268 or 660, whatever it's supposed to be, 264, I don't know. Um, there's, there's a possibility that the, one of the Electoral College votes won't go for Biden. Somebody can decide in whatever states it's legal in, and I'm not sure which ones those are, but they can say like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to cast my vote for this guy. So then he ends up with 269 and then it goes to the house of representatives where, yeah. we, where we know, where we know it's going to happen. There's a basic, there's an idea that she's kind of getting ready. She's basically saying that the electoral votes pretty much ignores the votes of the people that are in the state. So what she, what she's meaning is, you know, 51% of the people vote for Biden in Georgia. And so Biden gets all of the electoral votes. So the other par- portion of the population in Georgia didn't get a say in the election. By the way, that's what elections are overall. In fact, no matter how you do it, 50, you, you do popular vote in the country and 51% of the people are going to pick Biden. And then the other ones, they didn't get what she's saying is she doesn't like direct democracy. She doesn't like that whoever gets uh, just over 50% gets to win it all she's saying she wants things to be more proportional so she's making an argument against direct democracy but she doesn't understand that if you take that same principle that is just what elections are when someone beats the other person uh they get they get the they get the whole cake and they get the eater too man that's just how it goes like my daddy used to tell me with, with the kids games nowadays i get all that because we're not keeping score 
So why would we keep scoring a presidential election? Why they just both be president? Yeah, co-presidentes. It's honestly not fair. It's probably sexist, I would argue, that Joe Jorgensen only got 1% of the vote because she's a woman. Yeah. So we should take some votes away from both Trump and um, Biden for all these misogynists who voted for those evil men and transfer them over in equal proportion to Joe Jorgensen and we'll have three people uh, president. Well, let's extend that to the Green Party then as well and all the independents that we're running. We'll just have 24 presidents. Because it's not fair. It's honestly not fair that someone gets to win. Why don't we just have 50 presidents, one for each state? We can call them governors if you want to. I don't care. No. We'll just do that. And and then they can just run things in those states by signing laws that get passed and stuff like that. Well, they're clearly only governors, though, Nate, because of their privilege. Well, yeah, of course. So. Well, you see how if you if you run this narrative through every single scenario, it just doesn't hold up. It's quite hysterical. You could just you could keep going with all of this. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's it's not fair that someone's in that position. I mean, obviously, Trump became president because he had so much money and privilege. It's the only way he could have. And poor Dr. Joe Jorgensen, um, you know, she's just a regular old professor of psychology, psychology. <laughs> and um from from clemson and you know she she doesn't deserve this misogynistic treatment especially from the democrats i am i'm really upset <laughs> at all the people who i thought were tolerant um clearly are misogynistic right. the- so dumb bleep number three was uh electoral college we'll just call it that dumb bleep number three charlie you're gonna go through aoc here Right. Um, it is the so this is a thread. It's really the last one that has the dumbest bleep in it. But I figure we should throw in some context anyway. This is a controversy right now. I believe someone. I think Nick Friedas ended up losing, by the way, uh, or the last article I read said that he lost, and um, <clears throat> the person that ran against him said that Democrats uh, do not need to say the word socialism again that they do not need to talk about defunding the police, that she almost lost her election because of basically the radical Democrats. And AOC took offense to that. So she's defending the the radical left. Okay. Is what's happening here. So here's AOC with her tweet thread. She says, there are folks running around on TV blaming progressivism for dim underperformance. I was curious, so I decided to open the hood on struggling campaigns of candidates who are blaming progressives for their problems. Almost all had awful execution on digital. During a pandemic, she screams. That's all caps. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming she's screaming that. Underinvestment across the board. Some campaigns spent $0 on digital the week before the election. Others who spent uh, did so in very poor ways. If I spent only $12,000 on TV the week before an election and then blamed others after, you'd ask questions. That's how it looks seeing this. Ideology plus messaging are the spicy convos a lot of people jump to, but sometimes it's not execution and technical capacity. Digital execution was not good. Polls were off. Ironically, DCCC banned the firms who are the best in the country at Facebook because they work with progressives. So Mm. I'm I'm guessing that's DC. Mm. <clears throat> so, um, um, yeah, and then the last one. This is still the same thread. Oh, my my apologies. Yeah. Said there are swing seat dim incumbents who co-sponsored the Green New Deal, Medicare for all, etc. And if I'm not mistaken, every single one won re-election. So the whole progressivism is bad argument just doesn't have any compelling evidence that I've seen. When it comes to defund and socialism attacks, people need to realize these are racial resentment attacks (laughs) you're not going to make that go away you can make it less effective so (sighs) really those are racial resentment attacks that's what they are yeah so that's what they are Uh, if you say if you say that people are if you say it's bad to say defund the police or that socialism is bad that's just racial resentment that's all that's happening right there it's not not anything about ideologies or economics or anything like that. It's just racism, racial yeah. resentment. 
Sorry, that's that's what's actually going on. Uh, and <clears throat> James said, uh, yeah, that's Spanberger in my state. That is who she was kind of calling out there. Uh, she said, Spanberger spent plenty. I live in Virginia. It was on 24-7. Racial resentment, Marie said. Do I hate myself? <laughs> and then he obviously forgot he's not black because yeah. he didn't want to vote for Biden. So, yeah. So anyway, so the dumb bleep there was uh, AOC says progressivism, it, progressivism is not bad. The people who say that are actually, uh, it's just a lot of racial resentment happening right yeah. there. And uh, I also thought it was um, <clears throat> interesting here. She says ideology plus messaging are the spicy convos a lot of people jump to. Um, and so, you know, not only uh, you have to find a way to message your terrible ideology to get people to vote for it. <laughs> yeah, she, she's, she's like you basically she's like, guys, you just you should hide the fact that you're a socialist. <laughs> you have to do a better job of masking yourself with these creative <clears throat> uh, technical and digital ads. You got you to be creative with this kind of stuff. You know, you want to you want to drum up the spicy convos, but you want to make sure that people, you know, they, they have a, a, a good view of the ideology that we speak of. Because we know deep in our hearts, it's absolutely terrible. And she's also calling out people for underinvestment in their campaigns. <clears throat> if I were with some of those other people, I'd be upset with her. Like, hey, sorry, AOC, we're not in some district in New York with tons of rich people pushing us, putting millions of dollars behind our campaigns. You know, sorry, I only spent $12,000 on TV the week before the election. That's, that's, that's what I had left in my campaign bucks. A lot of people need to do a lot better. A lot of them are libertarians, but uh, a lot of people need to do a lot better with their with their campaigning. But I think her sitting up there in New York with the big dollars that are behind her judging people that only spend twelve thousand dollars on their campaign the week of, uh, that's kind of a that's a, a position of privilege. Is <laughs> what it is. It is. <clears throat> so that was dumb bleep number four, AOC. Yeah. Um, racial resentment. And last time I checked, they don't charge any more for New York Facebook ads than they do for like North Carolina Facebook ads. Yeah. It's not like they charge you a higher rate because no. you have more money. No, they don't. <laughs> um, so while you guys are getting in your votes, number one was the Atlantic Biden landslide. Uh, number two was Jimmy Dore, uh, Med for All, UBI, the $15 minimum wage. Number Wait, did I say, yeah, number two was that. Number three was the Electoral College chick. And number four was AOC. Charlie, can I tell you about my plan for the Libertarian Party? Because I've been thinking a lot on it. Yeah, get your votes in. Get I your votes in. I think you should tell people. <clears throat> While you guys are getting your votes in, let's talk about this. Why don't, you learn, why don't you learn some people today? Well, I want to see what you think about this because I, a lot of people are going to disagree. And I'm not saying I'm not a... I'm not open to suggestions. I'm, I, I can't. I've got this nagging feeling that the Libertarian Party spending are money. You gonna say, are you going to say the party should support a wall? No, no, okay. it's not what I'm saying. All right. Well, I just wanted to make sure. Say say his name. I've been. Sure. Here's my goal. Let me tell you what my goal is. My goal is to bring the most amount of liberty to the people in the United States and then and then the world after that uh, through not bombing them, things like that. Um, that's my goal. And so I'm trying to find the best way to do that while not caring about political parties very much and just actual liberty for people. And my, my number one thing is I don't think the Libertarian Party should participate in national elections. By that, I mean, uh, I don't think they should participate in things that go to Washington for a while. I know that that's kind of crazy, but just hear me out for a minute. Number one, it's always been a complete waste of money. It, it always has. And I, I, I really truly think that they need to focus on city councils, mayors, the county commissioners, sheriffs, whatever, whatever local level stuff you school can do. Board. School board, maybe state level positions, state representatives, for the big guns, like your biggest elections are state representatives and state senators. But that's like the most the most highest viability percentage chance that you could possibly have. And 
I really think that the Libertarian Party would do better if they would focus on that. And my one caveat is, if they want to do a presidential election, focus on one state and make sure everyone knows the goal is not to win this election. The goal is to win some electoral votes. And, and that is it. And so what I, would, what I would come up with there is to find a state that has the, the most amount of wiggle room with people. Uh, I think the actual best place to go would be a place where one party typically dominates the entire state. Because in that place, you're going to get a lot of people who will say, well, I'll go vote. My state's going to go for this person anyway. I think typically they have a lot of issues. They focus in swing states. And those are the places where people feel like they don't have a potential wasted vote in quotation marks. So they're going to go vote uh, for someone they think might win. So I think you have a lot higher chance of getting more votes in, in those states. And I would say just try and, try and win one state. And at that time where when the national election happens and they've got to put that the libertarian candidate got five electoral votes on there from one state, at that moment, it immediately becomes a hundred times more viable than it ever was before, in my opinion, when one of those states is yellow and you waste a lot less money or you focus the same amount of money in one spot the whole time. But other than that, I think it only needs to be local elections. I think that when it comes to the national elections, what I think they need to do uh, is, is, and what I'm saying is, you know, according to LP, Marie said they already do this and they really don't because I, you know, I know, I know that's what you're saying. Um, they, they put up these national candidates all the time. And to me, it is just a big waste of time and money and resources. And they're not setting a good example on that. Number one, they're not setting a good example because we don't need a top down libertarian government anyway. We don't need to force this on everyone when they're not ready for it, because I promise you, I tell you what, Libertarian president's going to get impeached faster than Trump. That's just, that, that's what's going to happen. So I do think it needs to come from the bottom up. I think they need to stop wasting their money on national elections. By that, I mean president or U.S. senator, U.S. representative. I think they need to stop that. And what we need to do during those national elections is, in the primaries, focus on getting liberty-loving folks elected in a party that could potentially win the general election, okay? Whichever one it is, whichever one that person wants to run it, all right? Get someone like an Amash through the primary in your state, libertarians, and not as a libertarian because then they have 0% chance of winning the general. And you got to go to the general to save some time. And this has actually got to be a focus not just on growing the libertarian party, but of bringing some freaking liberty to the country. I don't give a damn if the libertarian party exists for one more day. I don't care. We got to actually bring some liberty to the people. And all you got to do by that is get elected and then stop forcing <laughs> violence on people, you know, stop making them do stuff by force, bringing liberty to the people. Um, I don't know, man. What, what do you what do you think about this? What do you think about this I idea? I, mean, I think that's good. You have to niche down and narrowly focus and be the best you can be at one particular thing before you can branch out. And, uh, you know, the party's the Libertarian Party is not big enough to be to try to do what it's doing. Um, it doesn't have enough money. It doesn't have enough support. Uh, most people don't know about it. And the thing what most people do know about Libertarians is they're a bunch of kooks. All right. <laughs> so you have to prove that that's not the case and you have to give people a reason to vote for you. And when people start seeing viability, right. When people like, you know, how do you become an expert at something? Um, well, you, uh, you practice in a particular field um, or, or you have a specialty and you do that enough times and prove yourself. And then people start to trust you as someone that, that can handle that. You know, a lot of, a lot of your national election people, came up through the grassroots, man. They came up through mm -hmm. the ranks of the state, mm -hmm. you know, and you have a much better chance. And this is, this is young Americans for Liberty um, approach, which I think is fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit from them, you have a much better chance of being, having name recognition and getting things done and being a viable choice. If you start uh, smaller, 
And so if you make it to city council or, or mayor or, um, you know, county commissioner or whatever, if you serve on the county board or something like that, and you start to make a real difference, like we, we do have a libertarian, uh, believe in uh, Carthage city, uh, who's making a difference and, and showing transparency on the budget and things like that, which I think is a really, really cool thing that's happening. And, uh, I believe his name is Aaron, Aaron's, uh, uh no, not Aaron. Oh man. Can't remember his name now. I feel bad about that, but, uh, Cole, his name's Cole Echol, uh, Ebel, Ebel, Cole Ebel. Um, and so he, uh, he is fantastic and, and he puts the budget out on Facebook and he's like, Hey, you know, this County spent whatever, or this city spent, I don't I can't remember. It was like $40,000 on sausage biscuits from this gas station. He's like, I just don't think we should be doing that. Here we are raising every, we, we want to raise everybody's taxes, you know, in our city. And he's like, well, how about we just stop spending $40,000 on sausage biscuits? And, and so those types of things have real effect and real change on people. And then they think, okay, well, maybe the libertarians just don't run around naked smoking weed all the time. Maybe they actually do want to affect real change that actually affects people's lives. And so that you get someone like that in a position of authority uh, and they actually make a difference, then you're proving out the, the libertarian philosophy and the libertarian form of government to where now you become a viable choice to uh, to folks and that news can spread a lot a lot easier um and so that's i think it's i think it's fantastic i you know i'm shocked that you uh stole it from me didn't give me much credit on that <laughs> my uh, main my so main like two years ago and uh, <laughs> my main point of opinion here is that i think the libertarian party should stop doing any national elections that's my biggest change that yeah, they need to all stop money and put it in yeah and and they should focus on the local stop doing it. Now, there is an argument to be Imagine made. Imagine if they put all the money in 2016 into New Mexico. Yeah. You think Gary Johnson could have won New Mexico? Yeah, probably could have. He was the governor for two terms. He was the governor you tell me the guy can't carry the state in an election? Come right. on. It's ridiculous. Um, what are you getting? Like, didn't he get like 10% of the vote in that state? I don't remember. It was it was kind of surprising that how low it was to me, actually. You only need 34%. Yeah. And I think they need to make the point if they do go for a state that that they are only trying to get electoral votes and everyone says, oh, there's no way they're going to win. I know we're trying to make a point here that we can get these electoral votes. We can win this state. We can do it, you know, and and then go for that. But on, you know, if they're not going to do that, I think no national elections focus on the local. The only argument you can make is did Dr. Joe and Spike going around actually help local libertarians that were on the ballot get more libertarians out to go vote for them and and so that is the only argument were they actually just a an advertising piece to get more libertarians out to vote for the down ballot candidates so i i think that is a a potential argument to be made about that but other than that ma'am just the thing i'd say that they could focus on is is uh, i would still focus on trying to fight for fair elections you know like trying to to take apart the the, uh, the the commission on election debates um, and those types of things that hold hold people out of certain forums. Um, Here's an idea. How about you send in a bunch of people that get elected as Republicans so they can get in there and change some of the rules to get some of their buddy libertarians in 10 years from now or whenever. Send in some operatives. It just just freaking use some strategery for two seconds. And get some people in there that can actually change something so you can open the door. A little yeah. bit of strategery. That's all I'm saying. Because the problem is everyone celebrated their only sitting libertarian U.S. congressman. And uh, he's not there anymore, by the way. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't even run. He, he withdrew everything. He's like, I'm not even going to run for re-election. Even though he raised more money than his opponents. He decided to flip libertarian. And he was the first libertarian congressman. And then uh, he's done. That's it. Like, did you really enjoy that? What did we accomplish? That would the libertarians are quitters. Like, what? Yeah. What did that accomplish? You know, and it's frustrating. And you know, people like, well, I'm going to call him out just because I don't like him, uh, Nick Sarwark, who think, uh, who's arrogant and thinks that. Um, you know, his way was the only way uh, is just wrong. It's, it's so wrong. And 
I think if, if we truly have the best ideas, then we have to find a way to message those ideas and use some strategery, as Nate would say, and get those, get those ideas into play. And then when you have the evidence to back it up, it's you become much more viable. I think, I th- I don't think viability gets a good enough look, man. I, I just like, you're making the point on the mosh. Liberty would be better if he would have just stayed in as a Republican, just quit caring about what letters next to your name mm-hmm. and just stay in as a Republican. That's, that's all you had to do. And you could vote. My technical name is Charles L. Thompson. Charles Liberty Thompson. <laughs> That's what it is. What I go by. My middle name is Paul, so my name's Nathaniel Ron Paul Thurston. So it's yeah. uh, <laughs> it's fine. Okay, it looks like number three one Dumbleep, which was the Electoral College conversation, progressive, passive aggressive, and progressive hippie chick. Um. All right, so Electoral College, we're going to be hearing a whole bunch about that, and it's going to be interesting to see what people try to do. Uh, you know, thank, thank the Lord, maybe uh, we're going to be holding a Republican Senate. I don't know what that's looking like right now. It could end up being tied, potentially. Yeah. So looking pretty crazy. It's defaults to the Democrats if Biden wins. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. So, all right, well, good luck over the weekend. Hopefully the whole country stays together, ma'am. Um, hope, hopefully you're going to be okay. I guess I want to tell you all to go check out mastermystonks.com. If you want to get, get into reading some charts, get into investing some money, now is the time. There's never been a better time because we are going through a regime change more than likely pretty soon, and that's going to create all kinds of opportunities in the market in all kinds of different sectors. So get in there, start learning about charts, start learning about some of the different patterns, the support, resistance, the strategies that we use by going to mastermystonks.com. Mm-hmm. That's how you sing it right there. Or master my trades if you don't like stonks. But yeah. you should like stonks because stonks only go up. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Uh, also, sign up for Patreon so you can get in on this voting every time we do Dumb Bleep of the Week, which is pretty much every single Friday. You don't want to miss out and get in your vote. So you can support, you know, you can support this message by paying as little as five bucks a month. It's not much. You, uh, there aren't hardly anything you can get out there for five bucks a month, but the value that you get out of supporting Liberty, well, that's priceless. And so <laughs> five bucks a month sounds pretty good for priceless in return, doesn't it? If you could give five bucks for priceless in return, I think you'd make that trade every single time. So y'all need to sign up. Patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Please continue to share the show with a friend or and and or an enemy and leave us that rating and review on Apple podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're going to call it nowadays. Just leave it because I enjoy reading them. We've got a lot. Uh, we got a lot in recently. I was telling Nate about them because he hadn't checked them out in a while. And uh, you guys are saying the the kindest, most heartfelt words. And, uh, you know, makes me think, makes me sleep easy at night. And I, I appreciate it. So send those over and, uh, you know, maybe we'll do another contest coming up. I think 2020 needs a contest. Another stimulus. Yeah, another potential stimulus. All so right. y'all stay tuned for all that. If you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you we'll be back again Monday. I won't be here tomorrow. So Monday. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Mm-hmm.